you and bless you that you have so given us the grace to be able to celebrate the fact that you came and you went and you're coming again. So God, today all we're going to do is talk a little something about just the Lord Jesus Christ and how he's pictured everywhere and how we can find hope in the resurrection. Um, hope, um, your picture of what things look like when the divine life that comes from you transforms everything. So, Lord God, in light of that, let the words of my mouth, let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, my strength, <coughs> my redeemer in whom we trust in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody agree with that said? Amen, amen, amen. Um, happy Resurrection Sunday, y'all. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Amen, amen, amen. If you go to the grave, there is no one there. And it's not because a body got stolen. Somebody ought to hear me. But we're so glad that Jesus Christ, the ruler of lights, is in heaven, ruling, tatted, waiting to come back. So we can't wait to see mighty Yahshua return. However, today we proclaim his excellencies until he returns. And we proclaim the fact that he is the living God, 100% God, 100% man with his. And so today we, we want to proclaim the resurrection. And I'm going to be in about four passages today. I know y'all used to me going line by line, but we're going we're gonna to be uh, it, c committed to the text. Um, but we want to, I, 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 I just felt led to go through four specific texts, one being our clear base text. Amen? Turn with me to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. When you get there, say amen. All right, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. We're going to just deal with those today. It says in verse 1, it says, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charged of your people, your people. and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and eternal or everlasting contempt. I like stories. I, li I like stories a whole bunch. I like stories because I, I like to, you know, I, I like to see people who have accomplished something in life and, and, and look at kind of a background or backdrop of what they were like prior to that particular type of exaltation. One of the things that I like to watch a whole lot, and y'all can say what y'all want about me, um, uh, um, but don't say nothing. Um, I like behind the music. Behind the music or driven. I like those shows because what they kind of do it show you the background of how a person was at a particular time and what all they went through to get to a particular point. In each one of those stories, even in uh, unredeemed humanity, <clears throat> they're looking for pictures of redemption. Say redemption. They're, they're looking for pictures of redemption to show that, um, in, in, of course, from their perspective, they're showing how humans in and of themselves are overcomers. In other words, if you work hard enough, if you do enough work, 
if you, if you grind it out enough with yours, you know what I mean, you, you can make it somewhere. You can be anything you want to be. But I want to let you know from a biblical standpoint, there is a larger redemptive story that went on, a larger story that, that, that is going to culminate in what this passage prophesies about. There is a redemptive story that God has been working towards since prior to the fall. Matter of fact, uh, eternity past. The fall of man did not take God by surprise. <clears throat> but the Old Testament t or Tanakh or law prophets' writings, listen, are, 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 is God's story of communicating, communicating uh, of the backdrop to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Jesus told the Pharisees, you search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, but they all speak of me. And so somewhere, some way, shape, or form, in this book, in these writings of the Old Testament, Jesus did not begin in the New Testament. Um, he began prior to e in eternity. He had no beginning, really. However, information about him was leaked in the Old Testament. It's like when an artist is putting out an album and their album leaks and they get mad about it. God leaked Jesus on purpose through the Old Testament. He, he leaked Jesus out, so he said, oh, I ain't mad about it, because if he leaks, you know what I'm saying, people will be like, when that joint coming out, you know what I'm saying? That's the same, that, that's, the way, that's the way God, you know what I'm saying, wants us to recognize Lord Yahshua. So here in this passage, we come to the book of Daniel. Y'all got to pray for me. This, this may be our next series, man. I was getting real, whoo. It, I was oilified up in that joint right there, man. So, um, but, but here in this book, it's an interesting book, very, very good book for young adults. Um, <clears throat> but, but here in this section, he, he does something because of the entire span of the book. In the book of Daniel, in verse chapters 1 through 6, is the historic part of the book. From chapters 7 through 9 is the prophetic part of the book. And the backdrop to Daniel is the fact that God's people were wilding out on him. And because God's people were wilding out, he says, all right, he says, I'm a good parent, and so I'm going to whoop y'all. So God pulls out his belt and says, this is the way I'm going to spank y'all uh, um, for 77 years long. So I'm going to whip you for 77 years. However, while I'm whipping you, I want you to represent me where I send you while you're getting the spanking. It's just like um, my mama and daddy, when they'd whip me, they would ask questions in the midst of it. <laughs> so they say, didn't I tell, what was I, what did I tell you? And I'm trying to regurgitate back to them what I was saying while I'm, getting, while I'm getting thrashed. That's what God is doing to these people right now in this book. He's saying, what did I tell you? And while he's spanking them, he's calling them to regurgitate what he's taught them. And so, and so in the midst of that, it's, it's difficult because they've been through Babylon and Neo-Persia. <coughs> now they're under Persian rule, and this is a few years prior um, to um, God releasing them from captivity. Daniel and his, and his crew his, his little small clique of community, uh, um, uh, 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 Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego, um, uh, they, 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 they were young bucks when they came into Babylon. <coughs> and as they were, I'm not going to say a bad Negro. I see y'all. Shut up. So, um, <laughs> y'all so ghetto, man. So, um, <laughs> my white folk don't like that, man. You can't be saying a bad Negro, all right? So, <laughs> you'll get on the way home. Just explain it when, we, when you get the foyer. So Daniel is a young buck when he comes in, and he's, he's a glimmer. He's a glimmer of what it looks like to suffer well. 
He's a glimmer of what it looks like to go under God's disciplinary hand and actually learn from it. It's a beautiful picture. But, 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 he, but he's not pointing merely to himself. He's ultimately pointing to Jesus. And here in this passage, God is giving Daniel hope because Daniel had fasted many days and, 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 and some angels and some demons was fighting in between the time his prayer was supposed to be answered. And he said, your, your prayer was answered a long while back, fam, but I'm just getting here. I was just rumbling with the Prince of Persia. You know what I'm saying? I just kind of knocked him out and had to swim past him, and now I'm here. So now, as God's people are dealing with the difficulty of depression, of being in a land with idols, a land of mysticism, and a land of great pain, and being the bottom of the total, totem pole in this caste system, God gives hope. Say hope. Every time God allows you to enter a dismal situation that is even your fault, he will still give you hope. Now, now, now that's what's beautiful about God. God is, God, God is a God. He likes to get after you, but he does want to be with you. So here in this passage, he comes and he begins giving hope. And he says, at that time, he's talking about um, um, a, a, a far future from here shall arise Michael, Michael the archangel, um, who we see here, it says, the great prince who has charge of your people. Uh, the, the children of Israel was assigned an angel to give oversight uh, to their representation of God. And he was to make sure that he connected with them and help them to make sure that they remained faithful to God's revelation. That's what he was given for. And so now we go here and it says, and this shall be a time of trouble. This time of trouble, of course, is talked about. Um, we're not the people that believe in Jesus coming back May 21st, but, um, and that we're in the time of trouble. I'm just wondering what's going to happen, you know what I'm saying, when that joint don't come a pass again. Um, but, um, again, but, but, but here this time of trouble. This time of trouble is what, um, what, what, what many would call the time of tribulation. When, when we would call it consummation, say consummation. You, you have four areas in the way we break up time that enters eternity. We have creation, say recreation, fall, redemption, consummation, but then really it's a fifth eternal state. So here it's talking about the consummation. Consummation is very, very important. Creation points to the fact that God created everything, uh, everything to be good, but man, wanting more than what God gave him, chose to fall back from God and cling to himself, causing sin to get into the world. He's called the first Adam. So now, because of that time period, in relation to the fall, the effects of the fall, that is sin coming into the world because of man's sin, will continue to affect us, and in this time of trouble, God will begin to do something that he's never done. He will begin removing his means of protecting us from going full into depravity. So what God will do is he has four angels that are on the four winds based on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. These angels are going to start falling back because they're holding back evil because evil is not as evil as evil can be. It's just a little bit of evil that's here right now. So what he's going to do is he's going to say, since y'all don't want me, I'm going to leave my people here because I do believe that they're going to be Christians during this time. I'm going to leave my people here. They're going to represent me, but I'm going to use this to pour out my wrath on you. And so one angel, gonna, uh, uh, Michael going to say, fall back. He's going to say, he's going to move off his post. 
Then another one. He's going to fall back off his post. And demons just going to come. We've been waiting. Then they're going to come in. It's, they're going to just begin to wilding on planet Earth. Right? So this time of trouble is really God unveiling his wrath on humanity for not following him. In other words, this is what it looks like on earth without me, but this is not even as bad as it's going to be. That's why it's called a time of trouble. Okay, so if we walk away from talking about tribulation, we come away with helicopters and Nostradamus and all of that, you're spooking me out right now. That's not what it's about. It's about God saying, this is my wrath, not even fully unveiled because the lake of fire is my full wrath. And so he says, it's a time of trouble. It's as such as never has been since there was a nation till now. <coughs> God can even outdo himself with his wrath. It says, but at that time, your people shall be delivered. There it is. Now, deliverance in, in the OT or the Tanakh, it, it, it's an interesting term. Uh, you know, deliverance usually means in the Old Testament, deliverance from a temporal circumstance. In other words, I'm going through something difficult. God delivered me up out of it. Get me up out of there. In other, and so, so you're removed from the circumstance, but not necessarily spiritually changed. However, deliverance also does have a, 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 a sort of nuanced difference than that, even though connected with it, where it points to physical redemption, I mean, uh, a deliverance, that is removal out of the situation or the situation removed from you, or it can also mean you moved out of the deliverance of what God is talking about here in this context, and that's his wrath. It's not the wrath of the time of trouble, because it says next, it says, everyone whose name was not found written in the book. This book is the book that God has recorded every single name of every believer up in that joint. So everybody that's a believer, just like it talks about in Joel chapter 2, the valley of Jehoshaphat, just like it talks about in uh, Revelation chapter 20, um, that, that, that book of life, Jesus talks about that idea over in, uh, over in the Gospels where he says, um, don't, be, don't, don't, don't think you fly because you done cast out a couple of demons and then heal some people. He says, be glad that your name has been written where? In the book of life. So it says here, it says right here, it says uh, um, that, that everyone whose name shall be found in the book of life, that is, those are the ones who are delivered. Who are delivered from what? What he's about to say. He says, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. He's talking about a resurrection of some sort here. Now, I know my J-dubs or my, my you know, my, my, my Jehovah Witnesses, they believe um, a false theology. They believe in the fact that your body is a soul. In other words, there is no internal spirit or an internal soul within them. The, the soul is the physique in and of itself. Whereas we would say in the Bible, though, I, I, my Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's for those who believe. So the, so the Bible would contradict that the soul and the body are one and the same, but they are dichotomy. Uh, in other words, they're, they're, they're two, <coughs> they're bipartite, if you will. And so he says here, he says, in many who's, those who sleep. <coughs> now, based on the understanding of Jewish folklore, they would have understood Sheol to be the grave or a netherworld of sorts. That's why you'll see David saying, don't let my soul go down to Sheol. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere with all this. He, he says, but, but, but the word sleep is being used here, and it's interesting. 
that the word sleep is being used because over in John chapter 11, um, people came to Jesus and said, Lazarus is sick. And when they said that Lazarus was sick, Jesus was like, all right. And he kept doing what he was doing. The disciples was like, I mean, that's your boy, Jesus. I mean, we out here healing everybody else. Can't you go, can we go take care of main man? Leave me alone for a minute. Jesus kept doing what he was doing. Disciples like, like Jesus, he says, fam. He said, he said, Lazarus is asleep. He said, what you talking about? Our brother has fallen asleep. What is he talking about? And then the people came back, and of course, they found out that he was dead. And so the disciples did not understand that. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11 talk about those who take communion in a wild out state could fall asleep. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, when Jesus returned, those who have fallen asleep, talking about the person that knows Jesus Christ as Savior, they're not in the ground slumbering like a vampire waiting for their, somebody to open up. That's not what's happening. Um, 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 those who have fallen asleep are chilling with Jesus right now. If they know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're kicking it with the king. Now, they, 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 now their body is down, that old body is down there, but their, their body is dead, but they are called into what we would call a state of sleep. But he says, and, 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 and he says, in the dust of the earth, and, and, and they shall awake. And it says, some to everlasting life, and some to ev shame and everlasting content. Hold your finger there and contempt. Go over to uh, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. <coughs> John chapter 11, verse 17. It says, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany, Bethany was near Jerusalem. So but right here in this passage, the belief is, is that after three days, because dur during the three-day period, the Jews believed that um, the soul was walking around the tomb like stalking his body. You know what I'm saying? So just walking around kind of a mist in the tomb, right? But it says after four days. So in Jewish folklore, they would have believed that the spirit or the soul has left the, left the tomb and is no longer in the vicinity and can't return to the body ever again until a particular time that we'll see in a second. And so Bethany was near Jerusalem. That was Jesus' you know, uh, suburban spot outside the city. It says, and two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So they had people from professional weepers, everybody crying, hollering, like homegirl off good times. They used to cry all the time and go to all the funerals. Verse 20. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house like, I ain't going. Verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother will not have died. And so she, she basically, I don't know if she's accusing Jesus, but she wanted him to come earlier. But it says, but even now, though, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Then she says, she says to Jesus, she says, I know, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Where would she would have learned that? 
Well, she would have learned that from listening to her Jewish teachings in synagogue. She also would have understood that from a basic way, not from the Sadducees, because stay with me, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. Um, um, but, but two groups of people who taught back then, the, the ones that John the Baptist got discipled by is called the Qumran community. Them, them, those are the guys we found the Dead Sea Scrolls from. But then you got also, not only the Quran community, but the Pharisees, they actually believed in a resurrection. But they were looking for a time of resurrection when that resurrection would take place. And so therefore, she said, Jesus, I know I see my bro, you know, when, when everything gets consummated uh, in the consummation. But Jesus makes a statement that is blasting her philosophical construct. He says something that's going to absolutely <coughs> shatter her view of what she believed about the resurrection because for her, the resurrection was an event. For her, the resurrection was a time and place. For her, the resurrection was an abstract idea of the future. However, Jesus likes to do stuff to blow our construct. He likes to show us how little we think of the word and how little we think of God by showing us how to think of him. Look at this verse. It says, Jesus said to her, Ego I me. I am the resurrection and the life. Stop there. What is he saying to her? He says the resurrection is not a time. The resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is not a place, but the resurrection is a person. Jesus says, if you have me, you have the resurrection. So in other words, the resurrection ain't coming. The resurrection is here. Why? Because Jesus says, look, fam, you, you don't take my life. He told Pilate to his grill. He says, listen, Pilate, you don't take my life. Only reason, only reason you're getting this is because I'm giving it down. So if I didn't give it down, you wouldn't get it. So do what you got to do. That's flyness to me. So I like the fact that Jesus, I love the fact that Jesus understands and, and, and that he's helping us to recognize that he's the resurrection. Now, what's beautiful about the resurrection is the resurrection has a multiplicity of facets. The resurrection has the ultimate resurrection of those who are dead in Christ and those who are without Christ in Hades. The resurrection also has the resuscitation of people prior to the ultimate resurrection because they'd have to die again. Even though the last resurrection, they don't have to die again. Then we got the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but then we also have the multiplicity of resurrections that happen. In other words, Jesus is about to do this miracle not merely to change their lives. See, most of us think of miracles like coming to the, you come to the miracle crusade and, and tonight your life's going to be changed. I will be prophesying at 730. See, that ain't, it ain't about that. Uh, we're going to be doing miracles on the block and you're going to come on through and bring $20. That's not a miracle. See, 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 what a miracle points to is what Jesus says here, him. Anybody that does a miracle and it doesn't point to Jesus, they're not doing it for Jesus' glory. Because all miracles are supposed to point to Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ right here says, I am the resurrection. That means that ultimately all resurrections that are true resurrections are centered in him. That means whatever in your life that is dead that he wants to resurrect, he has the ability to resurrect it. But the issue is, it has to be something that he'll resurrect, that he's cool with resurrecting in your life. Some stuff needs to just stay dead. And so what in your life are you hitting and missing on, recognizing that God wants to raise something else and not what you necessarily want him to raise? Because when Jesus Christ is the resurrection, listen, listen when he raises Lazarus from the dead, he decides he's going to do it. He decides who 
and what and where to resurrect. We don't ever get to demand what we want resurrected unless he's cool with resurrecting that thing that's dead. And so, so, so this points back to Daniel. This points back to Daniel where it's talking about, <coughs> where she's talking about, I know from Old Testament, I know from Navihim that, 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 you, that, that, that in the regeneration this is all going to happen. But Jesus Christ does this resurrection as a sneak preview of the ultimate resurrection. I just saw a, a clip of Captain America coming out. That thing looked like it's going to be dope. It looks great. And I love the trailer to that. And it's making me want to see the movie. That's what Jesus is doing here. He's saying, I I'm going to show you a trailer. See, trailers ain't nothing new. Jesus' trailers were better because they were live trailers. They were live trailers. This is better than HD. Jesus said, look at this trailer. Platter cast like, wow, God dog it. You know what I'm saying? Because listen, when, because Jesus wants to show you how real, real is that's centered in him. And so, and, so, and so the greatest HD event is Jesus Christ doing and being the resurrection. And so we go to Revelation 21, based on that Daniel, chapter 1, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Revelation 20. Verse 6 of chapter 20, blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Wow. Why? Over such, the second death has no power. Wow. Now, what's the second death? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. They're going to talk about later the lake of fire. Now, I believe the heat of the lake of fire, or somehow God, I don't know if it's going to be the lake of fire or God's going to light some other heat. But when we all return back with Jesus, Jesus is, you know, going to be on his horse, his tattoo, his linen outfit, his hoodie, uh, on the, and his wool dreads, flaming eyes. Like, that ain't the Jesus I see in drawings because they got him going like this and carrying on. Jesus coming back like this, yoked, coming back to direct shop, golden bulletproof vest on to bring it, right? So here up in the passage, all of us are flanked Jesus because all the believers past, present, and future are on our horses behind them, chilling. And so what happens is, 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 is in chapter, chapter, verse 1 of chapter 21, the Bible says that we will see a new heavens and a new earth. Well, the, the way it's going to look, though, is based on 2 Peter chapter 3 when it says the heavens and the earth will burn with intense heat. And because what's going to happen is, is the wrath of God is going to burn up what Adam's sin created. It's going to burn up everything. It's, it's, it's going it's it's to burn up the, the, the heavens we see and the earth. But guess what happens? Those people who are not in Christ are going to experience that flame forever in the lake of fire. While those who are, who are in Christ, we're going to be standing there chilling like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why are we going to be able to chill? Because just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had the Son of God with them in the furnace, when God turns on the glory of his flaming furnace to burn up the heavens and the earth with intense heat, they won't have any power over us. Why? Because of Jesus. <laughs> and so, and so, and so this, this, this transformed, in other words, I, tell, I told you, everything points to Jesus. Everything. And so these, the second death has no power. But woe to those who have to experience the second death. The second death, everybody will be resurrected who's dead. Everybody will experience a resurrection or a resuscitation. But those who are without Christ will be like, whoa, I'm back in my body. They're going to be out. They're going to be, whoa. This feels, oh, no. And it's going to be the lion who was the lamb now. 
and he's going to, now cats going to be running, 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 and then they're going to be up under the blocks trying to hide from Jesus. And just like you can see me through this, that's how Jesus is going to be able to see them. Because there'll be nowhere, there'll be nowhere to hide from him. Come back. <laughs> there'll be nowhere to hide from his omnipotent eye. Nowhere. Nowhere will you hide will you be able to hide from Jesus. Nowhere. Nowhere. However, if you're still alive and there's breath in your body, there's good news for you. And that good news is you don't have to experience that. Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, I just want to point out a few words. I'm not going to read the whole story. I just want to point out crucified, dead, buried, raised from the grave. That's all. This is real simple. It says in verse 24, chapter 15, and they crucified him. Verse 39 says, and when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last breath, he said, truly this man was the son of God. So he died right there. Pilate affirms it in verse 44. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. Verse 46. And Joseph brought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in the tomb that had been cut out of the rock for him. Verse 4, just verse 4, chapter 16. Matter of fact, let's look at verse 1. We got to read this. When the Sabbath was passed... Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone? Just no administrative skills, right? Verse 4. I mean, they got the, I mean, you got the spices. Who going to roll away the stone? Like, no administration. Verse 4. And looking, looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. They wanted to let you know this wasn't just something somebody could just thieve their way up out of. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right, dressed in a white robe. Ain't that strange? In a tomb, a young buck, sitting there with his legs crossed, waiting for them to come in. Because they, all they wear in heaven is linen and white. That's all they wear. And he's sitting in the tomb. Now, this is a dirty tomb. And he's sitting, sitting down where Jesus would have been laid, waiting for them to get there. Now, I don't know if that hits you, but it just hits me. Anyway, he says, and do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. He has risen. He is not here. I don't care where they think the tomb is in Jerusalem or outside of Jerusalem. They, they, he's not there. That's beautiful for us because for those of us who believe in him, we get raised from the dead also. That's why these philosophies today that there is no hell, 
and that love ultimately wins. It reduces the character of God to one characteristic. Let me tell you something that I said last week. If God saves people without dealing with our sin, he's passive and he's unholy. Because if he lets man in his presence without, see, God isn't passive like that. Oh, everything's going to be all right. and we're, uh, God's not an optimist. He's a transformist. So what does God do? God says, they ugly in the mud. Something's going to have to happen. Jesus is like, I got you. I'll become a human, and I'll let their sin. Your wrath is so, I mean, I'll do in six hours what it will take them an eternity away from your presence to do. So why don't you place all of their sin on me, and the picture of me ripped up on the cross will show them how much you hate sin. And now, and, and you know we're going to write Matthew 4 through Matthew, the tax gatherer. When, you, when we write that, make sure people know that in the earlier part of chapter 3, I got baptized and the Spirit came upon me. But I want them to see me on the cross without the Holy Spirit, alone. Alone, by myself. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? I want you to put all of their sin on me. I want you to show them in a picture of me on the cross of what hell looks like incarnate. Place their sin on me. Crucify me brutally. Brutally crucify me. Make it as bad as you can make it. Isaiah 53 says the Lord was pleased to crush him. He was, he, was, he was bruised for us, for our sin, for your sin, that you would not have to experience being laid into eternal contempt forever. You should never get over that. But maybe you're here today. Hell isn't a joke. Hell isn't just a place. It's the wrath of God. It's the wrath of God unveiled. He's showing us that in order to pay for our sins, we have to do it forever. That's what hell means. If there is no hell, then God doesn't take anything seriously, and he's a liar. However, there is a hell. It's been prophesied that there's one, and there's been concluded that there is one. It's not figurative language. God's not going to disintegrate anybody out of love. Just make them not exist. Just disintegrate them. That's not going to happen. You can fool yourself if you want in annihilationism and fall on the love of God without Christ because there is no, that God only reveals his love through Christ. What does the Bible say? <coughs> what can separate us from the love of God where? In Christ Jesus. There is no love from God outside of Christ Jesus. Listen, only for a little while will he let the sun shine on the just and the unjust. But when Jesus returns, he's going to get rid of the sun. And he's going to shine on everything. And for those who see him, we will bow and honor and glorify them. But for those who don't know him, it will be the most horrific sight you've ever seen in your life. Because there will be no opportunity to repent and turn to him. Maybe you're here today. And, and, you, and, and, and you've grown up in the church, or, 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 you, or, you, or you're, not a, you're not a church person. You're not, you, ain't, you ain't been around. Like, like, but you know that if you die, you're not even sure. You're making up stuff. You're making up like God's, I just know God's going to take care of me. That's not true. He has taken care of you in Christ. So, so I, we're not doing this to, 
the fire and brimstone. See how the Christians are? No, we're just telling you the truth. We're warning you. We're warning you that God is coming back, and he's not going to be happy with those that don't know him. But what's beautiful is he's provided a sacrifice through Christ. That, 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 that your sin has been placed on him, and when Christ was crushed, your sin was crushed. And then you can live life in him forever and ever and ever and ever with him. So we can't pour out 40s for our boys who died. They might not be there. We say people went there that ain't there. We're warning you, repent. Turn from sin. Young lady, turn from sin. Bro, turn from sin. Turn your coolness off for five minutes. And recognize that all of us are whack before God. And in necessity of a transfusion and transformation. And so if you repent of your sin and put faith in the living son of God, that he died in your place by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone, God will forgive you of your sin and make you responsible to live with him and live for him. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ the Savior, every head bow, every eye closed. You, maybe you're, you're, you're even, maybe you don't, you don't even know if you're saved. Maybe, maybe you've said a sinner's prayer or something, but you don't really know that, that you've really embraced Christ's death by faith. Um, maybe you're, you're, you're um, doubting your salvation. We want to we walk you through what it means from the scriptures to put faith in Jesus Christ. 